we will uh, take a look at uh, two biblical ca characters. You know, the Bible is, uh, there is a wide range of uh, different people. Uh, some were kings, some were shepherds, some were slaves, some were just ordinary fishermans, some were doctors. I mean, when you, when you read through the Bible, you see that there is a wide range of different people uh, that both were contributing uh, in writing uh, the Bible. Of course, we know the Bible is the Word of God, but it was penned by different people. But also we read stories about different people. And you know, when God puts these stories in the Bible, it was not just so that we would have some nice stories to tell our children or uh, that we would have some kind of uh, record of historical events. When God chose to have these stories in the Bible, it was for a specific purpose. There, there is something that he wants to teach us in these stories. Uh, Romans 15, uh, 4 says that such things were written in the scriptures long ago to teach us. And the scripture gives us hope and encouragement as we patiently wait for God's promise to be fulfilled. So Paul is saying that the, the things that had been written, and then of course he is referring to the Old Testament, which was the Bible that, that how to say, he used. Uh, he says that these things has been written to teach us. So when we read the story about David and Goliath, God didn't put that in the Bible just so that we would have a nice story. When we read about Moses, Abraham, uh, all the different characters in the Bible, they are not there just for our, how to say, entertainment, but there are lessons to be learned from their lives. And today we will take a look at two kings in the Bible. And these two kings are, I believe, of uh, very big significance. There are a lot of thing, things that we can learn by studying these two kings in the Bible. Uh, and the first one is King Saul, and the second one is King David. What is interesting with, with these two uh, kings uh, is that one of them, he became a great king, uh, he, you could say, succeeded in the thing that God called him to do. The other one, he became a failure. Uh, he did not succeed. He was called, he was anointed, but he did not finish his race well. One finished his race, another one did not finish his race. Uh, and what we will look at today is try to learn what was it that made David succeed? And what was it that made Saul fail when it comes to the race that God had given each one of them? Uh, in many ways, I think David and Saul, these two kings, they, they kind of rec represent, uh, you could say that Saul, he represents the, the will of man, while David represents the will of God. Uh, we will come more into that later, but I think that's a very, uh, how to say, important thing to see that when it comes to the life of Saul, he was the will of man. 
And when it comes to David, he was God's choice. Uh, David got the testimony that he, he was a man after God's own heart. So, so we see that these two kings, they, they represent two different things. And I believe in our lives, there, there can be Davids in our lives and there can be souls in our life. There can be things that are the will of God and there can be things that are the will of flesh, the, our will, man's will. Um, what is interesting when we look at them is that even though one fulfilled the call that God had upon his life and one failed, uh, both of them had some, uh, there, there were some similarities between these, these, these two kings. Both of them had a unique call of God upon their lives. So even though I said that Saul represents the will of man, we will come a little bit more into that later, but still Saul was anointed and called by God. Uh, David was anointed and called by God. So both men had a call of God upon their lives. That you have a call of God upon your life does not mean that you will succeed. That in itself is no guarantee that you will fulfill the purpose and the call that God has for you. Both of them had, how to say, the, the major prophet of that time come and give a very precise prophetic word into their life about their destiny and about their calling. Both of them had their call and their destiny confirmed by not only any prophet, but by the, so to say, major prophet of that time. Even though you have a call upon God upon your life, and even though you get that call confirmed by a mighty prophetic ministry, is no guarantee that you will finish your race. That might come as a shock as many, because many have this idea of the prophetic word that if a prophet has spoken it, it will come to pass. No, that is not how it worked. That is not what happened with Saul. Uh, David, it was better for him. Both of them made severe mistakes. That is also worth noticing, that it was not the reason Saul failed, was not because he did, how to say, more mistakes than David did, or that he did greater mistakes than David did. In fact, I would almost say that David did bigger mistakes than, than Saul in, in some ways uh, did. So both of them had major mistakes and setbacks in their lives, yet David fulfilled his calling, Saul did not fulfill his calling. So both of them had a call of God upon their life, both of them had a, how to say, major prophet come and confirm the call of God upon their life, both of them made mistakes, yet one succeeded and one failed. In fact, I, I noticed this, uh, I mentioned this a little bit, but it almost seems like God had a bigger grace for David than he had for Saul. And that might almost seem a little bit unfair. Uh, we know that the Bible says that God is not a respecter of person. So I don't believe it's the case in, in one sense that God had 
uh, more grace for David than he had for Saul. Yet, there, it is worth noticing that it seems like David, he had more, had, uh, how to say, bigger portion of the favor and the grace of God upon his life. And we might ask, why is that? And you will learn that in this, uh, in this session, lesson. Uh, why it was that it could seem like David had more of the grace of God upon his life, that God was more, how to say, lenient uh, with David. There are three areas. I mean, there are probably many, many more areas, but I believe there are three very important areas where their lives were different. And it's those things that I would like to take a look at today. It's these three areas of their lives that was different. Because I believe the key to their success and the key to their failure lies in to what portion these areas or in what state these areas were in their life. The first one is the fear of the Lord. When you read the Psalms, when you read uh, about David, you very quickly see there was a strong sense of the fear of the Lord upon his life. That might, many people today, they don't want to hear about the fear of the Lord, but I think we, we need to, to talk about the fear of the Lord and have a right understanding of the fear of the Lord. When you read about Saul, you see that there was not this fear of the Lord. In, his, in, in fact, you would say that he had a greater fear for people than he had for, for God. We will also come into that more later. Uh, their patience. Uh, Saul kind of went from an ordinary man to an anointed king almost, you know, from one day to another. David had a long period of waiting before he came into his call. And their secret life with God. When you read the Psalms, it becomes very clear that David had a passionate, secret life with God. When we read about Saul, we never really get a glimpse into any secret, passionate life with God. So we will take uh, a look at these areas. Before we do so, there is one thing that I think is worth uh, mentioning when it comes to, especially when it comes to Saul. Because I, I mentioned in the beginning that Saul represents the will of man. What do I mean by that? What, what I mean by that is that if you read in 1 Samuel 8, you see that when Saul was, how to say, when Israel wanted a king, when Saul became king, God didn't really want Israel to have a king. Not because he was against Israel having a king, uh, not because it was bad to have a king, but at that time, that was not the will of God for Israel. We will not take time to read it, but in 1 Samuel 8, 4 to 7, we see this. We see that, that the people of Israel, they knew that Samuel was getting old 
they were afraid what would happen in the future. They looked at the nation around them and they saw, well, the other nations, they have king. Why shouldn't we have a king? The other people have king. We want a king. So they come to Saul and say, so you are old. no, to Samuel, and they say, you are old. Uh, we want a king, just like the other nations. And, you know, it was not that God didn't want them to, be, to have a king, but, you know, God wanted to be their king. And when you study the Bible, you see that it was the plan of God that, that they were going to have a king. But not at that time, and it was, it was not the way that God wanted it for them. What is interesting is that even though God didn't want them to have a king, they got their prayers answered. And I, I don't know if you have really thought about that, but you know, they prayed for something that was not the will of God. And because they prayed for it, because they asked for it, they got it. That should make us a little bit more careful when it comes to what we choose to pray for, because it is possible that you come to God and say, God, I want this, God, I want this, and I want it now. God, please, I need this, I need this in my life. And maybe it's, it's, it's not because that thing is bad, but maybe it's not the right time, but because you push in and you pray and you really go before God, you can come to the point where God says, well, okay, here you go. But you know, then that thing will never become a blessing. Saul became a tragic example of a king for Israel. Why? Because he was not the will of God. It was not that having a king was bad, but it was a wrong time. You know, we need to, when it comes to our lives, to make sure that when we pray for things, we need to, to first of all ask us, is this the will of God for me now? Maybe there are things in your life, maybe you are praying for a spouse or for uh, certain things, and you pray, God, I want it, I want it now, I want it now, I want it now. Be careful, because you might end up getting what you're praying for without it really being the will of God, and then it will always turn out bad when it's not the will of God for your life. So be careful. Israel prayed for a king. It was not the will of God for their lives but they got what they prayed for and for them for their own sake it would have been better if they had just waited for god's timing what's also interesting to to see that okay israel they they it was not god's will that they should have a king but god tells them okay they will have a king uh, still god anoints saul so, even though Saul was the will of man, God still anoints him to be king, to, to operate in the office that, that he should operate in. You know, it's it is possible to have the anointing of God upon your life, but that is not a sign that you are in the will of God. It is, it's possible to have the anointing of God for, for a certain office, yet be outside the will of God with what you are doing and how you are ministering. And it doesn't mean that it's wrong, but maybe it's not, just not the right time yet. So I believe these two things 
are very important to see. Saul, he was the will of man, but still, since Israel prayed and said, we want a king, God says, okay, yes, I will give you a king. And God was gracious enough to anoint him, but it ended bad because it was the will of man. Um, the thing is that when you are stepping out of the will of God, even though and have the anointing of God upon you, very often that will, will result in bad choices. And after one bad choice comes another bad choice and another bad choice and another bad choice. And you know, character, anointing without character can be dangerous for yourself and also for other people. It is good that you have a call of God upon your life. It is good that you have the anointing upon your life. But still, you need to ask God, God, what am I supposed to do right now? What is your purpose for me right now? Because God can speak about things that is His will for your life, but that doesn't mean that they are things that you should do right now. Maybe they are just glimpses into what you will do in the future. Timing is so important in the kingdom of God. David, even what's amazing with David is that even though he knew that Saul had that God had rejected Saul, David keeps on serving Saul for many, many years. He becomes a servant of a king that he knows God has rejected. He knows that I am the anointed king. He knows that Saul has been rejected. I have been called, yet he keeps on serving Saul. And even though he has chances of uh, killing Saul, taking matters into his, his own hands, we see again and again how he says, no, I will leave that up to God. I trust God. I know the call of God upon my life. I know God has called me to be king, but when the time is right, he will put me there. I will not take matters into my own hands. So I think these three areas are so important, um, to, or these things are so important to, to look upon when it comes to these two kings. So we will take a short break before we start to look at these three things. I just want to sum up very quickly uh, the things that we have talked about. We are talked about the David and Saul, how these two kings, there are important lessons that we can learn from their lives. Uh, one of the things is we learn is that it's possible to be anointed by God. It's possible to have the call of God upon your life and still fail. But it is also possible to have the call upon your life to have the anointing upon your life, to fail miserably and still succeed. That's what David did. David, he failed miserably, at, at, uh, not only at one point, but still he succeeded. And what we are going to be looking at in the next, uh, next session are these three areas where their lives different, where Saul's life was different than David. And the key to David's success and the key to Saul's failure lies in these three things. They are the fear of the Lord, their patience, and 
their secret life with God. So what we will take a short break and then we will continue again right away afterwards.